Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's the Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, the fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. All the fun interviews I do over at 1250amthefan.com. Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day podcast, Packer Report. That one is up. Also, uh, up today, uh, an interview with Colton Bartholomew of the Wisconsin State Journal and BadgerReport.com. Talking about the Badgers' loss to Iowa, the Tanner Mordecai injury, what's next for that Badgers offense that has struggled mindily this year. Uh, we get into all of that. Again, 1250amthefan.com or download on your Odyssey app. When you go to the Odyssey app, best college sports coverage, fan on demand, any of those places, you can find that Badger interview. Uh, our guy, Ryan Horvath, is here. You follow him on Twitter, Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight, weeknights, him, Nick Cashew, uh, Trista Crick uh, as well uh, on your BetQL radio stations around the country. And then on Saturday mornings, he's solo baby. Uh, and it is tailgate to kick off talking college football, getting you all the best information uh, and guide to uh, making the proper wagers. Or if you don't wager and you just want to be entertained and hear about a bunch of good college information, college football talk with interviews and guests and all that fun stuff, uh, that show is also for you too. I'm not a gambler, but I love listening to Ryan. Uh, so again, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Central and 12.50 a.m. The Fan, 9 a.m. Eastern. Figure it out to whatever time zone you're in and find the BetQL station nearest to you. Or you can just listen to it uh, on your Odyssey app that, uh, as well if you don't have a BetQL station near you. Uh, okay, Ryan Horvat, how big of a game is it this week for the Green Bay Packers as they get ready to take on the Denver Broncos? Huge game for the Green Bay Packers, Sparky. And I texted you this uh, earlier today, and I said, man, I feel like the Packers um, haven't played a game in like two and a half weeks. I've said this a lot this season. I feel like we haven't watched an actual game in a long time, and so we have that bad taste in our mouth of what we saw yep. in primetime Monday night against the Raiders where Jordan Love did not look very good through three interceptions. I think this is a big game if you still have expectations for this team as a playoff team. Uh, if you bet their season win total over seven and a half, this is a big game because you look at the remaining schedule, and this is one that you really need against a bad Denver team, right? Because then after this, you get Minnesota at home at Lambeau. That's also a bad team, especially now without Justin Jefferson. I know they beat the Bears, but Justin uh, Fields got knocked out of that game. After that, it's the Rams. It's the Steelers. It's the Chargers. It's the Lions on the road in Detroit. It's the Chiefs, it's the Giants, it's the Buccaneers, it's the Panthers, thank God, and then it's the Vikings, and then it's the Bears. So what I'm saying is this is one of the only games that I have circled that I think is actually winnable. I think um, the only game on the schedule that they won't win is Kansas City. I think every one of those other teams, none of those teams are great. The Steelers have had their issues this year. The Chargers have had all kinds of problems. In fact, your guy, Kellen Moore, who you love so much, I saw you go after on Twitter the other night going after Kellen Moore. You were all, fire Kellen Moore to the moon, I believe is what you said, uh, the you. offensive play caller for the Chargers. So again, I mean, a lot of those teams, Daniel Jones and the Giants, that scares nobody. I mean, there just aren't a lot of good teams. The Lions, I, I should include the Lions. The Lions will be tough too. So the Lions and the Chiefs, those two games are very tough. Outside of that, the Rams, eh, I don't know. They're playing better. They're probably going to be a playoff team. But again, that's that's not, you know, 12 and 4 Rams or 13 and 3 Rams or whatever the case may be. But these next two games, I think, are usually important 
because you can be four and three all of a sudden, just like that, going into your eighth game, being above 500 and really feeling good about yourself. If you can string together back-to-back wins, uh, that would be a huge deal for this Packers team, gaining some confidence going into a Rams game. Again, they just lost their running back. He's going to be out several weeks, it looks like. So I don't know if he'll even be back in time for that game against the Packers. Uh, and Cooper Cup is back. Obviously, that's going to be a problem uh, for the Packers when you get to yeah. that point. But this game is huge. I agree with you 100%. Because if if they lose this game and they're 2-4, and four, oh, big-time negative vibes, especially coming off of a bye week. And like you said, even though Denver's defense did play a lot better last week, but even with that being said, you've had a week and a half to figure this out. And Aaron Jones is practicing. So the whole, well... You know, Aaron Jones, we had him, we had him, we had him. Oh, now we don't have him and it screwed us all up. Okay, fine. But now you have him. So providing he doesn't get hurt on a walkthrough again or something stupid, uh, he plays. You're going to have all of your offensive weapons on the field for what? The first time for a full game outside of Bakhtiari? So that would be a big, big deal for this Packers offense. Yeah, this is a big game, man. Denver, um, you know, I... I think the Rams are actually going to surprise some people. That was my prediction coming into the season. I just, I don't know how you defend all those wide receivers. Now that cups back, you got two, two at walls, I guess going to be the odd man out, but I, I absolutely love Puka, man. He's my fantasy God right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is a little bit better than everybody expected, but yeah, I mean, um, and the lions are a good damn football team. Top 10 for the first time ever. Number seven. I mean, defensively and offensively right now, man, I, I don't have a whole lot of negative things to say. Where about do you put them play. in the NFC right now? Three. Three? I think I put them three right now. I think I have San Francisco. I, I still have San Francisco number one. I don't care about that loss. Uh, number two, I go fill it. No, nah, yeah, four. Right. Yeah, no, because I still, man, call me crazy. I like Dallas more than Philly. Oh, good God. Come on. Then no. one. They had a crappy game. Put against- Detroit, you can put, I'll put Detroit too. God, I wish you made betting lines. I would love to get uh, the, <laughs> you're telling me that Detroit would be favored on a neutral over the Cowboys. No way, dude. I because I, 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 Sparky, here's the thing like that, like, but there's, there's good matchups and then there's bad matchups. What's the one way that Jared Goff doesn't look like super man out there when he gets it's- hit. You get hit, you pressure them. What do the Cowboys do? They pressure. Like, that's what I'm saying in some of these games. That's why um, a couple of these, like you brought up uh, moving forward. Oh, Chargers, really quick. I wanted to hit on that one. I mean, we got plenty of time. But they scored the hell out of me because Austin Eckler's back. He's healthy. Packers can't tackle. Justin Herbert, you know, he's still really good, uh, even though he didn't look like it in prime And then the defense, as bad as the pass defense is, man, and the run defense is, they could get after the passer with Khalil Mack, who just had who's had seven sacks the last two weeks, and with Joey Bosa. So Jordan Love hates being pressured as well. So that one I hate. But yeah, this is this is a big game. You got to get yourself back on track. You've already lost one of the games that I had circled as a win. You, yep. you got to beat the Raiders ten times out of ten. That's Great. a crap football team. That that one pisses me off so bad. I mean, I didn't have like the expectations that you guys did for this team coming into the season, but you can't lose to the Raiders. And for the love of God, don't lose to Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. That's all I ask. I don't think this is a playoff team. No, like seven said, to nine wins. That's not a playoff team. I don't want seven to nine wins. I either want two wins. I want, no, no, sorry. I want four wins or I want 11. But you're not going to have it. 
Because that's not what this team is. That's not what it's going to be. It's it's going to take time, and they're not bad enough. If you want to be that bad, then trade Jair Alexander uh, and trade Kenny Clark and trade Preston Smith and trade these guys at, at the deadline, and then you can be that bad because then the defense will certainly not stop anybody. Yeah. For certain at this point, but that offense was not built to be a playoff team this year. That offense was built to get itself ready for two years from now. That's how he built this offense. Good and Koontz. He didn't no. build it to win this year. He built it that it would be good in two or three years. That's that's the learning process. Kind of like it's funny. Dirt and Sprague, a morning show in Portland um, that I've been on a bunch uh, and I watch from time to time when um, they live stream on YouTube. They started I don't know, the other day. So I watched it this morning and the one dude is like, I'm out on the trailblazers. I'm out. I'm I'm done with the trailblazers. I'm like, what do you mean you're out? Like, it's a rebuilding year. Like, this is time to have your dreams and your excitement for the future of what this could be kind of going forward. And that's what it is for the Packers offense. Yes, you're going to have your bumps and road. Yeah, you're going to have your struggles. But you have to get through them growing together. And as a Packer fan base, you've never, ever had this. Ever, 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 ever had all of these young guys and having to go through struggles. You've had veteran players surrounding Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And now because you don't have that, I think Packer fans don't know how to feel or how to react to all this thing and have expectations of, well, these guys should be playing like they've always played. And coming into the season, we all knew, well, I shouldn't say we all, some knew that that simply was not going to be the case. And as you said at the beginning of the year, and I agree with you, it's not about wins and losses. It's about how are they playing at the end of the year and have they gotten better from where they were in the beginning of the year? And I think that's still the fair expectation of, look, if in the last three or four weeks, this offense is clicking and you're like, okay, love looks a lot better. The wide receivers aren't running the wrong routes anymore. Everybody's playing better. Then you've got something to build on going into next year. But if at the end of the year, they look like they did against the Raiders still, okay, well, that's different. Then you got to start talking about what are you going to do this offseason to try and rectify this, however you decide you want to do it. If that's a different quarterback, if that's a different coach or whatever, then I think, okay, you can have that conversation. But you got to give this some time to breathe a little bit and see what happens, especially considering when you and I talked about this, I said, do you think Jordan Love was given the tools to succeed? And you said, no. And I said, no. And 95% of everybody else would say no. It is what it is at this point. You just got to get through this season and hopefully you're better next year for having gone through this year, providing you can stay healthy because look around the NFL, everybody's getting hurt. Yeah, I got to be honest, though. I said that a couple weeks ago against the Raiders. A.J. Dillon was able, I mean, granted, okay, it was 3.9 yards per carry, but there was some sort of a run game. He had all of his weapons healthy and he was just throwing the ball to the other team. He was doing the stuff that I saw at Utah State that makes me throw up and not be able to sleep at night. It mm-hmm. gives me a stomach ulcer. So I don't want a quarterback in two to three years because I know those guys. I don't want any of them. I want I want Drake May. I don't want Caleb Williams either, to be honest with you. I want Drake May. It's not gonna happen. But this is what I'm saying. Like this is why are you not like, liking Caleb Williams anymore? What happened? I like, I like Caleb Williams. I don't see Patrick Mahomes, though, with, with Caleb well, Williams. Well, no, do I? And I agree. There's some bad stuff. I mean, you saw the interceptions against Notre Dame. Like, we're talking about Jordan Love. I can't sit here and rip Jordan Love for throwing the ball to the other team, not reading a defense, when Caleb Williams is doing the same backyard playground stuff. Drake May's numbers aren't great, but he just got Tez Walker back. Look at the last two weeks from Drake May. I think he's can't miss. I haven't felt this way about anybody since Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Andrew Luck, and unfortunately, Josh Rosen. I was wrong about that one. But that was more just like I thought Josh Rosen had some Aaron Rodgers in him, and he did, but like all the bad stuff, not the not the arm talent. But that, that's what I mean. Like, 
I just, I don't understand the plan, right? Really quick on this, because if I'm general manager, if I'm Brian Gutekinds and I'm gifted from my former boss, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I pay them, I make them happy until it's time to retire. And then they retire. And then we put them up, you know, and we have the ceremony. And uh, we try to win Super Bowl. Sure, probably lose some NFC Championship games, whatever. It's better than losing to the Raiders in primetime. I promise you that. All right? So then if the plan was he loves Jordan Love so much, help the kids succeed. You saw this yesterday. I wanted to bring this up. I was going to text you, but I had to do the show, unfortunately, and it goes until midnight. Uh, They're Eagles. Everybody's like, what the hell are the Eagles doing? They're making fun of the Eagles because they just signed um, Julio Jones off the street. I think that's a genius move, man. You know why they did that? Julio Jones isn't going to go out there and catch 50 balls this season. That's ridiculousness. He might not even stay healthy. But the last couple weeks with the Eagles, we've seen Jalen Hurts throw some really bad interceptions. We've seen Devontae Smith, second-year wide receiver, have have the drop skis. And then we've seen AJ Brown even and, and Jalen kind of like go back and forth. I mean, they're boys, but you know, AJ Brown's blown up since then, though, and has had put up some, huge numbers. There's been some stuff going on. So what you do is you bring in a veteran wide receiver with a team that's young and going through some things right now. You and think Julio Jones is a leader of a locker room? Based on I, what? I think that he has a good relationship with a lot of those dudes in that locker room. I think he knows the offense, and I think him and A.J. Brown are boys because they were just in Tennessee, and they like each other a lot. So I think he steps in there, and you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that like Julio Jones is going to go in there and be the rah-rah guy. He probably doesn't. But you know, like watch the Jets. The Jets have been a lot better the last couple weeks, and it's not because Zach Wilson all of a sudden remembered how to play football. It's because he's got some vets in that locker room helping him build back his confidence. Confidence, it's like baseball, man. You know, like Corbin Burns a couple seasons ago was nonsense. Not that he was Cy Young Corbin this year, but he was nonsense because he was in his own head. It's psychological. There's psychological, like people go see psychologists, yeah. pitchers, quarterbacks all the time. Look at Zach Wilson the last couple of weeks. While Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and those guys are on the sideline, who's with Zach? Randall Cobb. It's not Rodgers. It's Randall Cobb. You know, Randall Cobb's probably playing too much for the Jets right now, running too many routes, but he's not there to be wide receiver two or three. He's there to be a mentor, and that's what the Packers are clearly lock, lacking in, in that room. Aaron Jones, like we talked about, man, he's a good locker room guy, but he's also like Rich. He's a running back. I just – you can't have the youngest wide receiver room with a quarterback that you're trying to evaluate. So you're sure, you're right. Like, it hasn't been fair. You know, I'm only – And you lose your best offense. Offense. And you lose your best offensive lineman. And your second best offensive lineman, you rolled out without, without for a couple of weeks. And Elton Jenkins was gone for a couple of weeks. And he didn't look that good the last time we saw him against the Raiders. Why and did they go into been trash at right guard? Oh, the, the line and the line blows. But like you should have traded David Bakhtiari. I get the contract stuff, and I'm not Ken Ingles, man. Yeah, the I don't dead cab number was gigantic. But, but Sparky, you knew that he didn't care. And you yes. knew that he I mean, it's unreal. I've never seen anything like it. He tore like he's I hate to say this. I'm hoping that he's back next year. I think he's done. No, I, I don't think, think he's, he's back done. next year. Not with the Packers. Not Maybe with, with Packers. the Jets. I just want to see him play football. Every I think day. he'll play I mean, football. I, I like it, the guy. Yeah, it won't be in Green Bay, though. But he can't. He couldn't play four quarters. Like, he right. would start the game. Like, it's not basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you have that to play. knee injury every- he never recovered from. And he's still fighting. And I'll tell you what pisses me off. I'll tell you right now. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I was with you. I think I did it by myself that day. When that news came out that he was going to have this next surgery and it was because of something they saw when they had the knee open and chose not to fix it, thinking that, oh, it might not bother him. We'll just leave it. I lost my mind. 
So we're having to go in to do another damn surgery and cost him the rest of the year because you, Doc, determined you were going to roll the dice to see if it would be okay or not and not mess with it. So what if it would have cost him, I don't know, another couple of weeks or whatever it was, had you fixed it at that point when you saw it? But you made the decision not to, and now you cost him another damn football season. That, to me, was complete lunacy. Like, I do not understand how an organization can sign off on a doctor going, eh, I think it'll be all right. I don't think it'll bother him. We'll see what happens. If it bothers him, we'll fix it. And then it bothers him, and now you lost a whole other damn season with a guy that's in his first year as a starting quarterback. And now you got to play essentially a rookie, even though he's technically not, but essentially a rookie and Rasheed Walker at left tackle. I mean, just oh, really quick something. though, like, okay, so I'm all for like Goody, like, you know, succession wanting to be Kendall, wants to have the, the balls and he wants to take his guy, right? And he wants to rebuild this thing. A couple things here. I would love to ask Brian Gudikins if they really thought Jordan Love was ready. Like we heard, oh, well, the last couple of years, Jordan Love was ready, was ready. Um, or if they were just sick of Aaron. And I would like to know if Matt LaFleur was ready for Jordan Love or if he was begging for Aaron to come back. I want to know that. And I know what everybody thinks, what everybody's going to say. But the reason I ask is because remember like the quotes we would hear after like a couple of those bad losses last year and Aaron looked checked out and it was Goot was like, well, throw Jordan Love in there. Can't be any worse. Time to see what we got. Like, do they really feel good about Jordan Love? And I'm I'm not ripping Jordan Love because, again, like the first three weeks of the season, everybody was in love with him. Everybody from Colin Cowherd to Skip Bayless, that's when we should have known we were in trouble. And I'm not saying he still can't be really good and win a couple MVPs in a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. It's too early. It's a couple bad games. But I just want to know these things. Because okay, so here, let me help you. Last thing, I, the only reason I ask is if Goot really, like, if he loves Jordan Love, why wouldn't you want to, like, spite Aaron Rodgers almost and get him some weapons? And I know that there wasn't a whole lot there and you don't have a whole lot of money. It was never, like you said, this year. But I don't know. I just – Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and then Jaden Reed. Even the Van Ness pick then. You know what I mean? Why didn't you – and I get it. Like the Packers have had really good success in the second round. I don't know. I just feel like there's something off with the way okay. that everything's being built. Am I wrong? I don't know. I'll tell, you how, I, I'll tell you how I read the room. First year they have Jordan Love. Uh-oh. It's more of a project than we thought. Second year, you have Jordan Love. This is not getting that much better. We may have messed this one up. Meanwhile, Rogers is playing at MVP level, so all is good. All is good in the hood because, hey, no big deal. Then they go, we got to figure out if he can play or not. And Aaron comes up with, hey, Tom Clements. Can I, you know, what about Tom Clements? You know, he can he can help Jordan Love and blah, 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 blah. And I love having somebody in the room that I'm aware with and everything else. And I think at that point, you're Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutenkunst and you go, hey, man, this dude's worked with how many quarterbacks? He made Kyler Murray rookie of the, well, not made, but he was his coach rookie of the year. Since he left Kyler Murray, he hasn't been the same damn quarterback since. So let's bring him in. And if Clement says after a year with Jordan Love, this ain't it, then we're screwed and we got to figure out what else to do at quarterback. If Tom Clemens goes, he can play. He's, he's legit. He can play. Then we can go, we can move. And I think they brought Tom Clemens in. He got a full quarterback school with Clemens, the full off season. Then he got a full season with them in summer training camp. And remember at the end of last year, Clemens said he's an NFL quarterback. Now how good he's going to be. I don't know, but you know, he's, a, he's going to be a, he's an NFL quarterback. He can go. He's ready. And once they got the all clear from Tom Clements of he's ready to go, go get him. And Clement signed off on, and I'll stay and help. 
See you, Aaron. That's been good. We done. And then we go silent on Aaron or whatever happened there, that whole fiasco going in the darkness retreat and all that. I don't know. But I think going into the offseason, once Tom Clement signed off and said, I'll come back and he's ready, then they said, okay, fine. But I think if Tom Clements would have said, nah, man, y'all messed up. This kid, this kid don't have it. Then they would have probably just dealt with whatever Aaron wanted and said, sure, whatever, whatever, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever you want, sir. And they would have had to draft another quarterback this year. But that, that would have been it. Had he not proven to Clements last year that he was ready, I don't think he's here. I think he's gone. All right, here's what I think happened really quick, and then we can move on. Um, this is fun. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, right, goes into last season thinking, I want to win a Super Bowl here in Green Bay. All of a sudden, Devontae's gone. He's shocked. He's pissed off. He's hurt. He doesn't know what to do. They don't replace Devontae. Well, they do. Remember Sammy Watkins. right so then he's like well we got a defense we got a run game week one we see it in that first half we don't have a defense justin jefferson just scored again it's wednesday october 18th 2023 from that game granted they didn't do a whole lot in the second half in that game they didn't make the right adjustments but so figures out he doesn't have a defense loses a little bit of faith in matt lafleur and i think that actually happened after the tampa bay game i think it was the tampa bay game where lafleur sends out the field goal unit Rodgers never – we know the story, right? I think Rodgers lost a little faith in, in the flower. I think I'm starting to lose a little faith. I think we all are starting to lose a little faith in the flower, right? Then you have the heartbreaking San Francisco loss where they don't even score an offensive touchdown. You get beat because special teams is a disaster. And Rodgers just thinks, you know what? It's always some crap here. It's always some some little market crap here. It's always special teams letting me down. It's always – Oh, I'm a choke artist because I didn't score 35 points in a playoff game against San Francisco's defense with Patrick Willis. You know, I didn't score 40 on the Legion of freaking boom. You know who else didn't? Nobody in the NFL. It's one of the historically best defenses ever. Like the things we punish Rodgers for are crazy. Nobody was scoring 30 points on those defenses, but he did put up good enough numbers. Problem was he would lose games in overtime because of incompetent coaching because of that idiot Mike McCarthy, who I've defended a lot this year. I'm done defending him. He's, he's still a doofus. Sorry. So I think Rodgers is finally like, I've had enough. And then you know what else I think pissed him off last year is these guys that are supposed to be the all pros on the defensive side of the ball. Instead of going out there, doing their job, being a top five defense, he's watching the Jets come to town with a bunch of young dogs like Sauce Gardner and that defensive line. They beat you. They're wearing your cheese head. They're celebrating. And what's he watching? Jair with that stupid hat on. Jair running his mouth. They're doing the sword when a quarterback throws the ball 50 feet into the stands. And I think he's like, this is nonsense. And I think the breaking point was Jair was like talking about, hey, if we lose next week, and Rodgers even said it. He's like, no, like we don't we don't think like that in this room. And I think he had enough, and he saw what they were doing in New York. He saw the way Robert – you see Robert Sala. We're embarrassing opposing quarterbacks right now. Rodgers wanted to go play with some dogs. And unfortunately, these guys, Gooch drafting, who's a dog in that locker room? Jair talks a lot. Right. But then when there's a chance to make a play, he runs away from contact. I hate to be the bad guy here. I'm just being honest about my like my evaluation of this team. I don't see a whole lot. I think Jordan Love cares a whole lot. I think A.J. Dillon's not very good, but I think he cares. I think there's some guys that show effort. And I think I hope that like some guys, I don't know. I don't want to I say think guys, the wide receivers and the young tight ends care. They're just trying to figure it out. But I well, mean, some of them. The offense is just young. I'm talking about the defense. Oh, right. It's so easy to just say Joe Barry sucks. And he does. The schemes are not good. But also, you know what's not good? The tackling. Go back and watch the Atlanta game. Watch the Raiders game. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't know, man. It's just you just want these guys to be something that they're not. I, I like Quay. I want more like, you know, I mean, I don't want him like we talk about every week. He doesn't need to be fighting people, but I like that every week he cares. Guys like a wreck after losses, yep. you know. Um Kenny Clark's been better, I guess, this year. He has been. You know, Jair's great in coverage, don't get me wrong. He just can't tackle, and I think a lot of it has to do with that shoulder thing. But I think that that's what happened. I think Rodgers was like kind of like done with this team. And I want to see I want to see some heart the next couple of weeks. But that like, doesn't I fall, explain I I want to fall in love with this team. The Rodgers thing, though, oh, that analysis was fine, but that has nothing to do with whether or not Goot bought into Jordan Love this whole time and what this whole thing was about. I mean, well, they're they're hands were, forced. Because what? what else can they do? Oh, you're they, saying he they, got his hand forced and he may not have wanted to move to Jordan Love that quick. They just been played Aaron Rodgers. Why, Spark, why would they give him that 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 extension if they didn't want Jordan Jordan Love? Why did they at least wanted Rodgers last this year? That was always the plan. Rodgers for another year. They screwed up not taking care of Devontae right away. Even if Rodgers wasn't the plan, like we talk about, man, I would love Devontae for Jordan Love. Yeah, and we're talking about a good locker room guy. But Devontae himself said a couple weeks ago that, yeah, if they would have made him pretty much the highest paid wide receiver, he didn't say it exactly that way, but pretty much gave him what he wanted, he would have signed, and then he would have seen what it was like playing essentially with whoever they had at quarterback and then figured out what he wanted to do from there. So there was still no guarantee that after a year of Jordan Love, he would have said, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'll stay. I'll play with him. Because he may have, after a year of Jordan Love, said, this dude's horrible. I'm I'm not going to get any numbers playing with this kid. I want to trade me to Vegas. I want to go that, home. It still could have happened. I think that's fair though. Like one year, like or two years to play with Jordan Love. If he's like, this guy sucks, get him out of here or get me out of here. I think that's very fair. And he would sure. have done that. That's but what I'm, I'm saying. saying. There was no guarantee like, that he was going to be happy in Green Bay after Rodgers. That was just, that was never locked in. This isn't Javon freaking Walker, dude. Like that's what I hate is like when we talk about some of these guys that we've let go. We yeah, but you know, like Micah Hyde's still playing at a very elite level. You know, Casey Hayward led the league in picks. The guys that Green Bay says goodbye to drives me freaking crazy. Devontae is a guy where if you're lucky enough to draft and develop a guy to like Devontae and you had nutbags like Winkler calling for him to be cut, and he happens to be a great dude. Like, I hate to be this guy, but he's a good dad. I think he's a good person. Like, he works hard. He's a good teammate. I've never heard any, anybody say one negative thing about Devontae. Neither have I. Never that cameraman that got in his damn way, you know. Nobody's yep. ever said a bad thing. I would have given him. I would have built the Taco Bell my house in his house, myself in his house. I'm all pumped up now because we're. I hate to do the Devonte thing. I'm just saying, like with this team, you know. Hopefully, then you know next year, Goot wants to spend some money and get Jordan Love some help. But nope, we'll see. It's not happening next year. Well, you're gonna have rookie. Out. You're you're gonna have rookie running backs and rookie tackles next year on uh, on this offense. Yeah, if he's any good then, man, because Brock Purdy's not good if he's not San Francisco's. But they're going to pay him after the year, regardless. It's not going to matter. He's going to get twenty million a year, whatever it is, after this year, a four-year deal, uh, and then we're going to move forward. And he's going to give him the opportunity to grow with these young players in offense. You're going to lose your mind. I can tell by your face. That's what, Mark, just write this down now. What are we? We're going into the sixth game of the year. Twenty million a year. He's going to get. I don't know what the guarantee money is going to look like. Uh, and they're going to go him like a four-year deal after the season's done. Watch. I got to be honest. You know what? He deserves it. Like you hear these comments from Rogers. He's lost his damn mind and love had to deal with that for three years. You know, he, uh, so. Hey, if Rogers comes back and plays, whatever the hell they did with him, 
better become standard practice in the NFL going forward for Achilles injuries. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever it is, and I don't care what they did, whatever it is, if he comes back this quick, the rest of the NFL teams better say whatever that doctor did, whatever he did, is now our standard operating procedure for Achilles. Because Achilles injuries are a year plus normally. And he's going to be back in a, um, he's off crutches in a month? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, topic number two. Do you think the schedule has helped or hurt the Packers this season? Ryan Horvath, something you and I were discussing uh, earlier as far as, you know, not having a lot of noon games, playing, you know, night games, primetime games, then got a bye week and all this other stuff. Do you think it's helped or hurt this team? Or maybe neither. It doesn't matter. Um. Yeah, I think actually – Oh man, that's a good question. I think it should have helped this team. That's why I'm going to say it doesn't matter because I I would think it would have helped this team extra time to prepare with a young team for these opponents. You know what I mean? Because they played these primetime games. Although also, I guess you could argue that maybe it's hurt them because you got young dudes playing in primetime. You know, you got Jordan Love on the road against the Raiders in primetime. You have the Lions, a really good team. Granted, it's at home. In prime time, maybe that hurts. I don't know though. I don't know if I believe all that. And like you're national, you're in the NFL now, so the big leagues, the big league is going to be on. So I'm going to say it doesn't really matter, man. But it should help because they've had extra time to prepare in most of these games, right? For weaker opponents in a couple. You talk to NFL players; most of them will tell you if they had their preference, they'd play on Sunday at noon every week, all year long. It would never change because for whatever the reason. These guys seem to like that noon game on Sunday because it's the same same setup every week. You don't got to worry about the schedule. Like, for example, the Falcons, they had the international game. Outside of that, it's pretty much noon all year. It's the same time slot all year, and you have the same set. Your work week is the same every week. It's not coming on Monday. Oh, it's Wednesday because we play Thursday. Uh, and then the next week, and next time you play, it's Monday night football. So now your work schedule changes again that week, and every day is something different. You never get into that type of rhythm of having the same schedule every week. And that right now um, may hurt a young team because you're never able to get into that rhythm. When you're a vet and you've been in the league six or seven years, you're used to this crap, right? You know how your body's going to react in short weeks. You know what you have to do on longer weeks. You know how to keep yourself, uh, you know, dealing with the grind of things. Opponent wise, I think it was exactly how it should have been. This this setup for the Packers to be three and two or four and one after five weeks, and they weren't able to figure it out. The beginning part of the schedule, opponent wise, was perfect. There was no Kansas City. There were no really tough teams at the beginning of the season, so that worked out good. I didn't anticipate the time thing, um, so maybe that's somewhat of an issue. And I'll say this: if they suck, they'll be on a lot of noon games next year, Ryan, and everybody will be happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't. I don't... This is a big week. Again, you know, they, they got to beat the Broncos. You have to beat the Broncos. I don't want it just to be competitive. Um, and like you said, the Broncos have been playing much better football. I bet them against the Chiefs to cover the spread. They could have won job. the game. But I also think that a lot of that had to do with it was a primetime game and all those guys want to get the hell out of there. Like, yeah. the Broncos are a dumpster fire of an organization. We don't know if the Packers are a good football team, but we do believe that there's at least still a good culture in that locker room, we hope. The Broncos do not have that. Jerry Judy is... A locker room cancer. Cortland Sutton doesn't want to be there. Russell Wilson is the most selfish human being on this planet. I'm glad that that's finally come to light. And then the defense, I still think the defense could be good. I think that they've just 
dude, the last two years, they've been on the field 98% of the time. They, those guys want out of there. So I think they balled out on primetime. That was my theory, at least, because all eyeballs, they're the standalone game. Now you catch them in this spot. Packers better be able to score some damn points. I will accept nothing less than 28 points on this Broncos defense. They're not going to hang 70 because you don't have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek out there, but you should at least be able to put the ball in the end zone four times, right? And if Aaron Jones plays in this game and they go down two scores and I still haven't seen him touch the football, I will not watch another game the rest of the season live. I'll continue to do my job and do the pod, but I'll watch that on condensed version. Appreciate it. Minutes of football because I will not watch an offense where you don't give the ball to your best player anymore. Hey, I got, I got a question for you. I don't think I've asked you. Jackson like drawing up the triangle and saying, don't give it to MJ. Sorry. Go on. I agree with you. He should have 20 to 25 touches a game between runs and catches. No question. Uh, I, I, I've never asked you this. How do you like, cause you grew up in the central time zone. How do you like the Eastern time zone? Start times for sports, like one o'clock kicks, four o'clock kicks on Sundays, eight, 30 kicks like do you like them or do you wish you were back in the central or do you wish you lived even farther west in the central time zone i think vegas is the perfect like out in the desert time because yeah you can watch like every single game and then still go out and get dinner and have a life i i don't know i, I kind of like it actually at first i didn't it was a huge transition everything's so late but i'm up late now because of the night show anyway so the good thing is i like it on sundays and i actually hot take i hate the london game because Sunday's the only day where I could sleep. You would think I get to sleep in because I do a night show, but I get home at midnight, eat dinner, go to bed around like two, three by the time I wind down, especially nights, you know, where I'm all pumped up. And then I got to wake up and take my son to school because Amanda goes to work. So I'm up at seven thirty, and he's a terrorist in the morning. So by the time I am like, yeah, so I actually like Sundays to sleep in a little bit till like 11. So I try to like have all my bedding, all my stuff in. And then I, you know, could sleep until like 11, 1130. So I actually like it a little bit. I've, better. Been, I've been to Hawaii uh, a couple of times, blessed. Uh, and I could not live there. Uh, the time football kicks off at 8 a.m. is your first game on a Sunday morning. 8 a.m. is your first game, Ryan. Your second game is at 11 a.m. Your second game of the day is on at 11 a.m. Your third game kicks off at like 415, 430. Now, from what you're saying, literally the Sunday night game is done by seven o'clock, seven thirty at night. It's done, and you're done for the day. But that first game at eight a.m. that's way too early. I don't want to be getting up at eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday and watching football. The second game kicking off at eleven a.m. Think about that. You have three or four games left, and you're having lunch as the NFL Sunday is wrapping up by like three in the afternoon, two in the afternoon. the The second game is done by two in the afternoon. I might like that though. Then I could rewatch all the games and like then I could have my whole Monday to myself. But think if you're because again, you're not doing it remote. You do the show in DC. But imagine if you were doing that show remote and you were in Hawaii and how much different that would be. You'd be doing it in the middle of the afternoon, like two in the afternoon, two to six in the afternoon, while it's you know six to ten central time or whatever the case may be. And then you'd have be able to go home, have dinner with the family, relax. Yeah, I'm in. Right. I'm in. I actually want to move to Hawaii. You talked me into it. I love it. Sign me up. Timmy Chang, baby. We had some stats to go over, but we'll just save those for Friday. One last thing because we're running long. Former yeah. Jaguars running back James Robinson signs with the Packers. He hasn't been the same since an ACL injury in 21. Uh, but now, again, this is the second year off of that injury, so you would assume he's better, unless he's got Bakhtiari problems with that knee. Then 
all bets are off. But providing he's like a normal person, um, I, I would assume he's got something uh, left in the tank, possibly. This signals the end of Patrick Taylor. Uh, James Robinson goes to the practice squad. They don't bring back Patrick Taylor, which I was fine with because the kid did nothing special at all. He was okay at everything, but nothing great. Uh, Robinson now gives you a chance to be a little bit closer. Aaron Jones and Patrick Taylor was if Jones can't play uh, in games uh, going forward. Again, Robinson, the practice squad can't imagine him playing this week because uh, who knows how much shape he's in or what kind yeah. of shape he's in. But I, I don't mind it. It's a low risk flyer. If it doesn't work out fine, cost you nothing. If it does work out, you got to steal. Yeah, we're about to find out, man. I don't really know because I was excited to see what he was going to do with the Patriots. I've actually always been a James Robinson guy because, um, well, my cousin, she's the head basketball coach at Illinois State. So I'm team Redbird and he's there is nothing. There is nothing near that campus. Nothing. No, no. I actually used to hate going there too. uh, I never had fun. I I love champagne. I'm, I'm a Macomb guy, obviously. Great time in Macomb, man. But yeah, I didn't like, I don't like it, but I do. uh, My cousin also danced there. My other cousin, she was on the dance team. I've had a lot of family. My aunt went there. So um, team, team Redbird. But the thing is, he got there and the Patriots were like, nah, we're good. And then they signed Zeke, who I think is washed on wash. So that's what scares me a little bit is if like Belichick and these guys saw him and Bill O'Brien, who again, I do think is a little bit of a doofus. So maybe that's a good thing if he didn't like him. And he also traded DeAndre Hopkins for broken down David. You know what? Maybe let's, yeah, let's see it with our own eyeballs. <laughs> let's not forget Bill O'Brien traded D Hop in his prime. For yeah. David Johnson at 29, a running back coming off an injury. No, I mean, that's what I worry about, though. It's like, what's up with James Robinson? Yeah, he hasn't been the same since that injury, and some guys just aren't. But you would think he could fill like a, like a, like a, he's a littler dude, but he could be what we kind of want AJ Dillon to be light, maybe. Like, all we're asking for is if it's third and two, you run forward and you hit the hole and you don't <laughs> yeah. do that dive thing. Like, that's we're not right. asking. To go out there and be Barry freaking Sanders. So, so maybe you're right, Spark. Maybe if like he could just pick up a yard or two. Because again, it's team, it's uh the game plan moving forward. If I don't see it, I'm not watching anymore. Aaron Jones, 15 to 20 touches. And I don't want to hear about this pitch count thing because I get that he's not a 20 to 25 carry guy. He's not freaking Derrick Henry. You know who else isn't? Christian McCaffrey. But you know how many touches he gets per game? 28, probably. Well, 24 to 28. You know why? Because they use him as a damn receiver, too. You could stick Aaron Jones in the slot. He could run routes out of the backfield. Yep. There's so many creative things that he could do. So um, I don't want to hear about this pitch count nonsense anymore. That's like that's an Ellerson excuse. No, 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 no. I don't need 20 carries. Dump the ball off to him in the ba- out of the backfield, though. He's your best guy. I will say I, I had a laugh last night on Twitter at the Bears' expense. I enjoyed it tremendously. Because, you know, Royce Newman has some really bad tape out there. The Packers offensive lineman diving and missing blocks and just being horrible. Uh, and I saw uh, a line bit for the Bears. I don't know who it was. On the left side, they snap the ball. He, he guards nobody. Doesn't take a defensive lineman. And instead turns to his right and starts like blocking the center. And they're both like blocking each other. Yeah. Two Bears linemen face to face, like blocking each other. There's nobody around them. They're just blocking each other straight up. I'm like, do you not recognize that you're on the same team? That was possibly the funniest, most bizarre uh, NFL video I've seen this year. And it truly, truly made me laugh. And it just tells you, like, 
yes, these guys are the best in the world, and I get it. But sometimes, I, you know, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. He is Ryan Horvath, Bet GM tonight. Uh, make sure to check it out. Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, BetQL Radio Network, all over uh, the beautiful, fine country. Also on your Odyssey app, you can stream it live there as well. And of course, I'm Steve Sparky Fiverr. Check out the latest interviews with Andy Herman of the Pack a Day podcast uh, and Colton Bartholomew talking Badger football of the Wisconsin State Journal at 1250amthefan.com and on your Odyssey app as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles! 